Hello and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. We have a packed show for you. The D23 Expo happened this weekend. We're going to get you caught up on all of the Disney news coming out of that. There's some non-Disney news that we're going to get you caught up on. We're also going to review The Peanut Butter Falcon, Shia LaBeouf's Shia LaBeouf. new film that just came out, and we are going to do, in honor of National Dog Day, hashtag National Dog Day, we're going to do our top five movie or television dogs. Let's do it. Thank you for joining us. We have a very packed show for you today, like for real, like for real packed. Mm-hmm. My name is Cam. I am your co-host. With me, as always, is Kirk. Hello, hello. Your other co-host. I always say packed show at the beginning, but Kirk, I'm actually a little bit nervous. I feel like we're up against the clock here. There are so many things we have to talk about. Yeah, because D23, which, so D23 is the Disney fan club, and they had their expo, which I could be wrong about this, but... I don't remember this ever being some big giant source of news in the past, like a Comic-Con level source of news. Like, I think it's always been public and publicized, but they've never had this much stuff coming out of it. No, it's insane. And I mean, it makes sense because Disney's buying everyone. Mm-hmm. And so they have more content than ever. But I just was like, I was not prepared for it. I turned on alerts for everything Disney and I got 100 notifications in less than two hours. Oh, it was stupid. Friday night? Yeah, Friday night. Mm -hmm. What in the world? Yeah. I was like sitting there talking to Jackie and I was like, well, I got to go to work. (laughs) You know, like this is uh, this is kind of like my job now. So I need to like figure this out. So, so much was coming out. Tons of Star Wars news, Mm -hmm. tons of Marvel news, tons of Disney news. And on top of that, we got some huge non-Disney stories that we'll dig into, too. So I was like, like strap in. Big week all around. Yeah, so I think probably the best place to start is with what happened early on in the week, which before D23, before all of this, which of course was the big Sony and Marvel negotiations breaking down. That bombshell dropped in the afternoon. I was scrambling to get information. So basically what's happened is that Sony and Marvel Studios, which is owned by Disney, have had an agreement for the last few years, I think since 2015, to co-produce all Spider-Man movies and movies where, um, well, Sony doesn't get a bite of anything that Spider-Man just appears in, but um, all this like standalone movies they co-produce together. Mm -hmm. That agreement and the way that it was drawn up was basically always structured so that Sony could pull the plug on this deal at any time um, if things aren't going how they prefer, and that's exactly what happened. Um, Sony and Marvel were negotiating for new terms. There are lots of rumors about what those terms might be and what's all included in that. But the gist of the story is that talks broke down. And right now we are looking at a situation where Spider-Man, Tom Holland's Spider-Man is no longer in the MCU. What was your immediate reaction to that? Immediately I was like, fake news like this isn't happening right you know like whatever let's let's see where this plays out and even to this day i just don't see disney allowing this to happen yeah it's a good point it's a good point i think i think there's a lot at stake for both parties 
Um, my immediate reaction was rage. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I think, like, even you and I have been talking about it since the beginning. is like, Disney made a deal with Sony to get Spider-Man. Um, he, good deal. We were all very happy about that. But we all knew that this day might, might come. Um, and just kind of having that looming was really scary. Because the more that Spider-Man was getting interwoven into the MCU, the more afraid that I got. And I think that Disney did a good job of keeping him sort of on the outskirts of the MCU for the most part. Mm-hmm. And following Endgame, he had very little ties to the MCU. So I think that worked out actually pretty well. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence that Disney wanted to come back to the negotiating table at this time because they're thinking, if we lose this character, wouldn't we rather lose him when we don't really have that much tied to him right now? Right, right. And he's the, four, he's the last movie of Phase 3. Correct. Intentional. He's going to be a big player in Phase 4. The weirdest part about this, if this stays true, let's say that Marvel, let's say Disney and Sony don't come to an agreement. The weirdest part is that we will see a Sony Tom Holland Spider-Man. Correct. That will be a, a, a sequel to the movies that have already come out. Correct. Because those movies exist simultaneously in the Sony and Marvel Studios universes. And even stranger, the Tom Holland Sony... I don't know how much they can use of the storyline from the MCU. So I don't think they can use anything that alludes back to the MCU in particular. Mm-hmm. But all of those villains, Mysterio, Vulture, yeah. those were on loan anyway. Right. You know what I mean? Like, they, they still own those guys. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, if we if they want if they want either of those guys back, I don't know how they do that. But if they do, I mean, obviously we know Vulture's in jail right now. So mm-hmm. he's very much can be around. Anytime, yeah resurfaced but yeah they i mean they can't no nick fury no scrolls none of that stuff that we saw in far from home that's mcu related could possibly carry over into a sony film it's a very strange time right now my my hope and dream is that they just resolve it they buy spider-man and all of its properties outright they probably have the money to do it well they for sure have the money (laughs) i mean they (laughs) yeah they've got it they they got a lot of money I, i mean i think I think that's the most likely scenario still, Kirk. I know that it looks bleak, and if you're just reading the stories online, um, you might think to yourself, this is this is scary. We're, like, it's over. Um, I wouldn't say it's over. In fact, I, th- I think it's far from it. I think what we've got far here... Far from over. Far from, yeah, far from home-ver. <laughs> yep, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> wow. Um Oh, I did see something funny on that. Somebody tweeted, I can't remember, so I apologize if I'm failing to give credit to somebody who deserves it, but somebody tweeted, Spider-Man 1, Homecoming, Spider-Man 2, Far From Home, Spider-Man 3, Homeless. (laughs) (laughs) Love Um, it. So I really liked that one. But going back to the whole, where are we at and where do things stand? I I, I agree. It does look bleak right now, but I I don't think this is anywhere close to being over. I think what's happened here... This is a classic leverage play. Mm-hmm. Right now, if I'm Sony, I'm doing the same thing. I, I own Spider-Man and all of the assets associated with Spider-Man. Right now, that asset is at an all-time high value. We had Spider-Man Far From Home gross over a billion. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse is a massively successful uh, project. People loved it. So good. I mean, it, Academy Award winning movie. Mm-hmm. Venom, which did not get good reviews from the critics, made $880 million in the box office. That's nothing to sneeze at. Nope. 
So I'm sitting here thinking, hmm, I, I got a lot of good cards that I can play against people who have tons of money. Best case scenario, I mean, first of all, if Disney did come to the table and say we want 50-50 or 25-75 or whatever they asked for, because right now, Disney's getting like 5% of ticket sales or something like that on these movies. And the rumor was that they were asking for 50-50 split. If I'm Sony, I'm for sure saying no. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why would I say yes to that? I've got all of the leverage. Oh, oh, you want 50-50? See you later. I'm doing the same thing. But I think what's probably likely is that they understand what value they have. They're, they probably, best case scenario for them is to sell this thing and everything associated with it. So the other interesting nugget is that they just bought Insomniac Games, mm-hmm. which made the Spider-Man video game, so which good. is a, sma- a smash success. Mm-hmm. Huge. Um, like one of the biggest video games of all time. Incredible. And super duper fun. Um, it's the best. So I think that they're trying to bundle this thing up and sell it. Mm-hmm. And I saw somebody, I mean, all the there's been bad takes galore on this thing. But one of the worst things I saw was like, Sony, it was one of those crappy, you know, Facebook like suggests things like, oh, you might like this because you've been reading a ton of Spider-Man stuff. This one that was like from some really not reputable source that was like, Sony's asking Marvel to pay $10 billion for Spider-Man. It's like, no way, because it w- we wouldn't have even heard about that conversation to be a done deal. $10 billion? They've got that in their back pocket. Yeah, easily. and that's an easy... If you know every Spider-Man movie from here out is going to make $1 billion, duh. I mean, Avengers Campus is coming to Disneyland, and a Spider-Man ride is happening there. Yes. So, I mean, I just don't see a scenario in which Spider-Man exits the mcu right now certainly those are in different deals right like and the theme parks and the they and are the films they have to be right yes. because they have to protect something if they're doing all this construction they'd have to rip it out in a way so, right so right thank goodness thank thank goodness yeah and i think the other thing we can't underestimate is like tom holland is the guy like he tom is. holland is he's a massive superstar yes he's he's like the justin bieber of <laughs> acting right now and i don't think disney wants to let that go either right no not at all my wife keeps saying she says man i gotta stop falling in love with like my favorite characters from marvel because they keep getting t- ripped away from me right before Endgame, my son he says hey mommy who, who's your favorite uh character that you're gonna go see she's like well i gotta say my favorite are iron man and captain america Oh boy. Oh boy. And then this news dropped and she said, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's, uh, that's tough. Yes. That's tough. So, um, OBS, if you're listening, if you could also just stop liking good characters, that'd be great. Yes. Um, Because you're jinxing it for us. Yeah. I think you might be the, (laughs) I don't know, man. There's a, there's a, there's something going on here. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, I think, there's no way there's no scenario in which this isn't the long game for Marvel. Anyway, they have to have Spider-Man, right? This is the house that Spider-Man built. And Marvel comics is, is it'd be like, Hey, you can have all the rights to DC except for Batman. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, uh, yeah, never in a thousand million years. It's the same situation. It is. So we're hoping for a peaceful resolution there. I think we will get one. I don't know what that's going to look like. I think that it's probably going to be some sort of buyout. And I think that would be best for all parties involved. And it would get us into the Spider-Verse coming over to Disney. It would get us all kinds of fun things. And the buyout makes us never have to worry about this again. Well, in the yeah. Future. Like, oh, just kidding. We're going to do this again. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you knew this was looming too, right? Absolutely. It was always in the back of our minds. When it originally came out, you just knew that, all right, that they're, they're going to 
pull this out from under us one day and we're all going to be sad. Yep. And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Time um, has come. Yeah. So the, the like weird social media wars around this has been kind of funny too. I mean, so that's the other thing is that all this info that we're hearing, I know like I saw one article that said, well, Disney is really starting to look like the bad guys here. And I'm like, well, yeah. Cause who do you think is leaking all of this? It's Sony. Mm-hmm. It has to be. It's the only person that, like, that's the only party in these negotiations that make that like has an actual reason for leaking anything. And Disney does not leak things. No. Period. If if you hear something, some sort of Disney leak, I can guarantee you it's not coming from them. I think when we heard, started to hear the Ewan McGregor rumblings last week or whatever that was, that was probably coming from his people mm-hmm. and not from Disney. I mean, they keep stuff locked down they really do i mean i wouldn't be surprised their secrets are so tight i wouldn't be surprised if they just have people living in this like secret society that no one knows about like the here's here's your neighborhood congratulations here's yeah your, your disney house when they do all these movies like the production the staff because well, how do we not know it's crazy like it's tighter than apple like apple used to be like man we're never gonna know what's coming out and then now you kind of do you're like people leak manufacturers that they they reach out to but disney no it's yeah, because, like, I think the best example of this is this Black Widow movie. Mm-hmm. Like, when did we find out that David Harbour was in that? It wasn't until Comic-Con, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure that was And that Comic-Con. movie was well underway. Like, it was already, like, deep into production. Right. He was, like, telling people how, like, the vibe of the movie. So they clearly shot a ton of it. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are coming up on Disney Plus that are already complete, that are just going to drop. It within uh, with on day one of Disney Plus or month one of Disney Plus. And yeah, it's, exactly. It's wrapped. It's... Uh, post-production complete ready to roll it's insane i mean that they kudo, kudos to them i don't know how they do it yeah it's it's wild um so yeah i, I mean all whatever you're hearing that's leaked is from sony so if you think that disney are the bad guys i'm not saying that they're not definitively but just remember the one who's controlling all of the narrative right now is sony because all we've gotten from disney is a few canned responses like very pr 101 type stuff at Dis- at the d23 expo um but you know, like Tom Holland unfollowed Sony Pictures on mm-hmm. on social media. Zendaya did the same thing. That was like the initial reaction, and then he got to D twenty three because he was promoting Onward, his new Pixar flick with uh, um, Chris Pratt, mm-hmm. and he gave a very political response and was like, "Yeah, I'm excited to continue to get to play Spider Man." It's been a crazy week. I love you three thousand. I love you three thousand. Yeah, and he was like, "The new movie is going to be very, very cool, very different." Like we're already talking about it. So he he's acting like he's moving on. Um, I'd be upset if I was Tom Holland too. Oh yeah. Um, and I think his 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 initial reaction of unfollowing things was probably the real reaction. I mean, it seems kind of petty for someone on his level, but I mean, he I mean, these are real people mm-hmm. going through real emotions. He likes being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Why who? who wouldn't that's I mean, what be, that's what built him right yeah there. i mean he had several big big successes in other films uh, as as a younger child even though he's not very old but this was really what what gave him his breakthrough and people just attached to him immediately yeah that's his civil war appearance was incredible yeah it really was mm-hmm. oh man the way that they introduced that character yep it'd be great um so so yeah so if, if you're a big spider-man fan and you're freaking out about this news and you're shaking your fist at the clouds and you're mad at disney and mad at sony and whatever i would just encourage you to take a few deep breaths it's going to be a long ride mm-hmm. we're going to have lots of rumors floating out don't believe everything that you hear and i think we'll have a resolution to this thing fairly quickly let's hope so at least mm-hmm. but even though that was an absolute bombshell news story 
It was far from the only news we got this week, right, Kirk? We've got like 30 other bullets that we have to get through here. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, so we got to go quick. So where do, where do we want to start? Probably on the Marvel train, right? Sure, let's go. Okay, so let's keep going with Marvel. Um, we got another Game of Thrones star who's in the Eternals. So first we had Richard Madden, the King of the North, the Rob best. Stark. And now we have uh, Mr. You-Know-Nothing, Jon Snow himself, <laughs> Kit Harington. Joins to, the Eternals. He's joining the Eternals as well. Yes. And the first rumors that were coming out about this were that Kit Harrington is joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe in an undisclosed role. And I think you and I were both like, gulp. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The internet immediately broke into rumors and it all uh, funneled to the character Wolverine. Yeah. As this Kit Harrington would go. And I, I, was, I was against it. Same. I, I, think, I think it could be anybody, dude. I mean, nothing against Kit Harrington at all. I think yeah. he's—I think he's a good actor, and I think whatever capacity he joins the MCU, I'm super excited. I just don't know that I'm ready for Wolverine yet, man. I wouldn't even—and as much as I love Richard Madden, I wouldn't even want him to play Wolverine yet. Yeah, and there were like the Daniel Radcliffe rumors a while ago. No. I'm just like. I don't know. It, it's it's kind of bizarre. I don't even know how to explain it because usually when I lose a character, I'm ready for the revamp like right away. But man, that Hugh Jackman Wolverine is there. Is there a better portrayal of the superhero? A more a more fun and honest portrayal of a superhero that we've gotten? Not yet, man. I mean, it was you, some. There are some things that you were just born to play. Oh, maybe Iron Man. I think yeah. Iron Man's the closest thing. Yeah, that's true. And if they said, hey, we're going to reboot Iron Man, like for, well, when did Logan come out? Oh, goodness. oh that couldn't have been more than. 2015, 2016? Yeah, yeah, it might have been 2016. Um, it it's, can't be more than five years ago. No. Like if they, in three years, were like, hey, we're going to reboot Iron Man, I think we'd all like riot in the streets. No, they got to wait like 30 or 40 years. That That can't happen so soon. Yeah, so yeah. Kit Harrington is playing a character, I believe Black Knight is the name of the character he's playing in The Eternals. Um, still lots to lots to figure out about this movie, but I think we're all glad to have him aboard. It was Shit. super cool to see all of them in their suits. They had the, the production uh, screen behind them, and they stood right where their portrayal was above them. You saw them in their suits that are going to be in the movie, and looked super cool. Very cool. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um we also got a lot more Disney Plus Marvel series, TV series, which I'm very excited about. Actually, every single one of these, I was just like, ooh, ah, like freaking out about it. I don't think I'm going to be able to sleep any ever again because I'm going to have to watch all of these series. Yeah. I, so, I hope they stagger them out. Otherwise, that that's it. That's it for me. Oh, it, it's over. I'll never sleep if again. If they launch them, if they're like, November 12th, here you go. Here's six new Marvel shows. <laughs> I'm going to be like, okay, well, goodbye, world. <laughs> um, yeah, so the new ones are She-Hulk. Which the font alone on that, I know, <laughs> I know, like everybody's poking fun at Marvel because all these, like, all the looks at these movies and shows they're giving us are just like graphically designed fonts, logos. I don't yep. know, like nothing special. But the She-Hulk thing seems like it's gonna have a good vibe to it. Miss mm-hmm. Marvel, which it's it's about time, <laughs> you yep. know, she gets involved. Same with Moon Knight, and then Moon Knight was the other one. So Moon Knight's like a cult favorite uh, of the Marvel. Uh, yeah, he fan is. Base. He he actually he was the one that I identified as like could be the next Deadpool. Yeah, you know, because Deadpool, um, obviously wasn't. I mean, if you told ask people who Deadpool was ten years ago, they'd be like. Oh, I don't know. Maybe some people would be like, "Yeah, I'm a Marvel fan, and I read I read Deadpool, and he's really cool." But who knew that he was just going to be an absolute phenomenon? I think uh, 
we're I think it's possible. I don't want to give too bold of a take, sure, but I think sure. that Moonlight could Moon Knight could be that guy. Yeah, I think it'd be super cool. Moon Knight was is super cool if you've got the the iOS Marvel of Champions game on your phone. I know I play it like at least once a day, sometimes for way too long and my my wonderful wife says, "Hey, sweetie, um, you've been playing that video game for You're an like, hour. "Listen, Moon Knight's a stone cold <laughs> killer in this game, okay? Lay off me." And I'm like, "You're right. I'm I'm almost 30. I should put this game You're down." Like, what year is it? <laughs> No, it's but been 84 years, but I play as Moon Knight <laughs> for so long for for yeah. a lot of my my battles, and he's he's so good. He's a baller. That hood, that hood, that staff. He's got those those like throwing like moon bat batterings. Yeah, like I don't know ninja what they're called. star things. Yeah, oh, he's so cool. He's awesome. So those those will all be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. We got our first official look at this Black Widow movie, um, including like a side glimpse of the David Harbour Red Guardian, which I'm still like so stoked about. <laughs> His beard looks luscious and amazing. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. I'm so, I'm excited. We got to see Florence Pugh. We got to see uh, Taskmaster, mm-hmm. um, who that's going to be an awesome villain to have around. Really underrated one. I'm excited to see what it looks like. So Mysterio was a big one, like, What's it going to look like? I know it's going to be good, but I want to see Yeah, him. could he have looked better? No. It was so good. <laughs> I was just walking in Target the other day, and I saw his toy in the action figure aisle, and it, it looked so perfect as well. I was like, yes, I want to buy that for myself and just sit and play with it for hours. Yeah. I, I just love it. It's so awesome. Seeing Taskmaster uh, up on the screen will be really, really cool as well. Yep. Uh, we also got a Black Panther release date, kind of. Mm-hmm. 2022. So I'm, that'll be phase five, and I uh, can't wait. It'll be here in no time. Yeah. I really, I really, really, really want M'Baku to be the villain. Be I just, great. I just really want it. I think it would be awesome. Like maybe he got injured in Infinity War, and T'Challa didn't help him enough, and he's like, man, screw you. I'm, gonna, I'm a better king. And yeah. Come back at him. I don't know. I just like, with their sequels, they always try to weave it more in with like the MCU, and I'm like, dude, I think I could take more solo Black Panther stuff. Absolutely. Um, that- every time we get a solo movie, I'm kind of like, like I, I just, I'm like, I could do more of these. Mm-hmm. They're, they're a really good time. I think Black Panther is the perfect one to do that because of all the different tribes. I mean, they're really in their own piece of the world, their own universe, and M'Baku is such a good character and they have nailed the actor on it so oh yeah I, I'm, I'm in on it for for that that's a good take yeah that would be you. that would be a good one and then the last bit of marvel news that we got was marvel's hero project which looks like a really cool thing that's the, the they're talking about when they say hero project it's like let's let's uh celebrate the heroes who are in our world you know that's right um when I first saw it, I was like, is it going to be Stanley's Superhumans? I don't think it's going to be like Stanley's Superhumans, which that show was awesome. So great. But uh, that one looks really cool. These are going to be everyday heroes, non-scripted. People are doing amazing things in their community and their, their city and their states that, that they shouldn't be doing. Like That makes no sense that they were called to do these things. Basically, the, the feel-good stories that they throw at the last five seconds of every uh, local news channel, this yeah. is going to be like, no, no, give them more time, and they're going to just highlight this to the end of the end of the show there. It's going to be great. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. All right, moving on. That's Marvel. We made it. So Next up, more. Star Wars. Lots of good Star Wars stuff. So The Mandalorian is kind of the one that we've known about for maybe the longest as a Disney Plus show. We know that it's coming November 12th. We know that it's John Favreau, who friend of the program. Uh, we we love John Favreau uh, and Pedro Pascal. We got a full trailer, and the vibe of this, I'm feeling it. 
I'm feeling it in a big way, Kirk. Me too. The music, the aesthetic, it feels about... Oh, the, the British guy who's... Bounty hunting is a very complicated profession. Yes. You know, like that that got me right in my core. I was like, okay, I, I'm liking all of this. Mm-hmm. Give me an old British guy saying weird cryptic things and I'm all in. That basically sums up Star Wars. Yes, it does. <laughs> that's why. That's probably why I like it so much. Yeah. It's like the same reason people like Downton Abbey. Oh, I love Downton Abbey. <laughs> yeah. Everything is British and everything is, is cryptic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, that's, that's the recipe for success. We're going to make a movie one day and it's just going to start with some old British person saying something cryptic and it's going to be absolutely incredible. Just riddles throughout the entire, that's the whole, the whole dialogue. Um, but yeah, I mean, the suit, the Mandalorian suit looks yeah. just sick. They had, they had stormtroopers heads on spears. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. That, I mean, is this gonna is this thing gonna be rated TVMA? We would know that by now, right? I would think so. I would think so. I haven't seen anything like that, and it'd be difficult to do that in the Star Wars universe. I wonder if there's some kind of lockdown on that. But I know, but it, man, how cool would it be? Like, I'm so glad that we're getting a show about a bounty hunter um, in the same vein as Boba Fett. It's sort of like the Boba Fett movie that we never got in a lot of ways. But mm. it, I want it to be gritty, and I want it to be like. I don't know. I want him to be like Judge Dredd, <laughs> you know, just like <laughs> steampunk in space. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I want. It's probably an impossible ask, but I just want it. I want it to go there. Yeah. I'm not seeing anything for the, for the rating just yet, but there are speculations that it is set approximately five years after return of the Jedi. Five years after return of the Jedi. <clears throat> That's what it's saying. Here. So, so pre, this would be pre-Force Awakens. Right. Okay. That's interesting. We've we've not gotten anything that's in that time frame yet, outside of like a few non-canon books and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this should be... I, I hope that's true. That would be really cool because then, then you can play off the past and the future and you, it's, it's all Star Wars lore, all Star Wars canon. And you can be, weave characters in and out throughout that whenever you want. Yeah, and by the end, you could have one big, long, consecutive, linear story from episode one through episode nine. Oh, to, my goodness. Well, because I know they're trying to put a, put a wrap on the whole Skywalker saga and explore things outside of that. Like Ryan Johnson's trilogy that he's coming out with is not going to have any ties to the Skywalker saga at all. Um, but, like, let's let's build out the Skywalker saga as much as we can because there's so much there. It, it'd be it'd be such a cool I really again that time frame would be super cool you can answer things that you're not able to answer and say just wait Mandalorian will take care of that for you yeah exactly I love it. all right so speaking of the Skywalker saga the last ever movie in that line Rise of Skywalker which will be the ninth Star Wars um, film in the series we got a new trailer for it actually today 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 and the big thing about this trailer it's it's kind of we've gotten like there's not a ton there. There's not a ton that's new there. We get we get to look at this new city, um, which they're calling like Exotic City or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that has some interesting vibes to it. Uh, very much in line with what we've seen kind of in seven and eight. I don't think it'll be like Canto Bite since pretty much everybody hated that. Even even the people that liked the Last Jedi didn't really like that bit. Same. Um, so maybe they're trying to like write the ship there, but. The one thing that we got at the end of this trailer that's got everybody's head spinning is there is like a five second clip of Ray with dark robes with this sick 
double red lightsaber that mm. like flips out to become a double like bladed saber similar to Darth Maul's. Right. And that's how the trailer ends. That's it. And you're just like, wait, what? Give me more. Yeah. What? What is going on there? My initial thought that this is not real. This is a vision. This is um, she's training and she's trying to fight off maybe the idea that she could become a Sith. Yeah, because I like that take a lot. Um, because in the last Jedi, we get we get a lot of like, I don't know when she first starts training with Luke and she's like doing the whole, I see calm, I see chaos, I see this, I see that, and he's like resist the darkness, you yes. know that whole thing. Like we get some of that, and also, she does a lot of these like force training sessions inside her own head and mm-hmm. has these very like descriptive visions. I think it's one of the things that's makes her a little bit different from past Jedi in a lot of ways. So, I like that take a lot. Is there any chance that this is legit? Man, I I hope not. I am such a true, like, the protagonist is the protagonist and the antagonist is the antagonist. Don't let them flip unless unless you have a really good reason. I don't think they have a good enough reason to make Rey go Sith. Yeah, I don't I don't know. They'd have to they'd have to do some weird things because her character arc is trending in a direction that that, that happening wouldn't make much sense. Mm-hmm. And so they would have to do, they would have to make some sort of massive seismic change in the last movie, which I mean, we're, we know they're going to do big, crazy things in the last movie. Cause oh, it's, yeah. I mean, go out with the bang. Right. But I don't know that we're going to get Ray becoming Sith, Kylo becoming Jedi and like that face off because I just don't know. I can't see how we get there. There's not enough runtime. So they would have I mean, to yeah, do how many hours is this thing going to be? Four, five <laughs> in order to to make that worth it, to make it make sense. Like, you know, even uh, we were talking earlier that, you know, even Anakin's, even though we knew Anakin would become Darth Vader, they did that burn over a two films. So that it made sense. Yes. Yeah. You start to see Anakin really like feeling the rage a little bit mm-hmm. in in two when he finds his mom and she's like basically wasting away and dying at the hands of the tuscan raiders he just goes berserk like mm-hmm. then it you're like oh there it is there's the dark side yeah um so i there yeah there's too much narrative i see this as hopefully and maybe not but again my my full my full scope of this is that she is just seeing it as a what if and maybe this is also mixed in with a vision with the this new jedi psychic vision like Hey, wait, there's a double-bladed sword. Does that lead back into Darth Maul? Are we going to see Darth Maul in this final episode? Dude, who knows? We saw him in Solo. Is he coming into this? I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I think anything's on the table. Mm-hmm. No one's really ever dead, right? Isn't that what they say? No one's ever really gone or something like that yes. in the first trailer? So, yeah, I mean, we know we're getting Sidious in some capacity, whether it be Ghost Sidious or I don't know, man. It's It's going to get weird. But I will say that the the visuals that we got in this trailer were really great. They were. Um, I can't remember. Was it First Order ships who come out of light speed and there's like lightning clouds all around them? Or is it uh, resistance ships? Anyway, there, there's a scene where tons of starships and you see like lightning flashing all above them, which is a really cool. You can count on JJ to do cool stuff like that. That's oh, yeah. iconic and looks really good. So He's incredible. I mean, as much as I would have loved to see Colin Trevorrow direct this film, I was actually kind of upset that they went in a different direction from him. I, I do feel confident that J.J. is going to give us a good show. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. He always delivers. He really does. Okay, so more Star Wars news. We'll wrap this up. Ewan McGregor is confirmed. Yay! We did it! We he did, did it, it, guys. This is it. Oh, we made it happen! What a ride. 
what a ride that it's been and uh uh thank you for joining us on this ride you yes. know i mean we we fought for this and by fought i mean i had internal monologues in my head for the last 10 years yes and what w- the synopsis would be of each film yeah and, oh. yeah but it's happening so we don't have to we don't have to worry about it anymore there's no risk of riding i know we were threatening riots last time mm-hmm. that that appears to not be happening. We've closed that Facebook page, so don't go yeah, there no, anymore. Yeah, no, it's yeah, we're good. We're everything's good. We're square. Um, and then, sort of in that same vein, we get the Clone Wars, which was this awesome. Did you ever get to watch the Clone Wars? I never watched it. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but do check it out. Mm-hmm. It's an animated series. It's a ton of fun. I mean, just a blast. And really cool, fun characters in that show. And they're bringing it back for a final season, and they're doing it on Disney Plus, and that's coming uh, early next year, which is very 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 exciting and from what you told me that's where we where they pulled in this darth maul survives yeah qui-gon jinn and obi-wan's battle yeah we get this really cool villain in that too called the saj ventress um who's a uh she's a she's sort of like our first female sith lord that we see and Mm -hmm. um that's a really cool cool one um i don't know lots of fun characters you get to like see more of some of the other lesser known jedi that like like plo koon and like Kiati Mundi and Kit Fisto and some of these um, Jedi that you would recognize by seeing them because they were around in the movies, but like were never, they never got to really like talk or do anything. Mm-hmm. You get to have a lot of that in Clone Wars, which I was very thankful That's for. Neat. And speaking of female, female villains and, and all of that, Carrie Russell is joining mm-hmm. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. So I'm all in for that. I never watched Felicity, which was Carrie Russell's claim to fame. Yeah. But I... The Americans. I did watch the first episode of The Americans. Yeah, she's really good in that. I want to watch the rest of it. It's it's so good, and she's incredible. Yeah, I'm excited. I don't know what capacity she's involved in this, but I, we know it's going to be good. She's, yep. she's, a great, she's a great actor, so it's going to be a good time. Um, all right, that, that's a wrap on Star Wars. We did it, too. Which leaves us with just the rest of the Disney news, which uh, uh, that section is not any smaller either. Only let's, 29 more bullets. Yeah, no. let's run through this one. Probably the, the weirdest, craziest one out of all of these, which is a, quite a statement because there's some weird, crazy things happening, is High School Musical colon the musical colon the series. <laughs> um, which, if that title sounds weird, you should just know that the show concept is just as weird. Um Keep me honest here, Kirk. I want to make sure I sound... I'm making sense here. Okay, I'm ready. So, High School Musical, all of those movies take place in this high school called East High. The concept of this show is that it's a mockumentary, so similar to The Office or what, like... The beginning Parks of and Parks and Rec. Rec. Yeah, Parks <laughs> and Rec. Um, Spinal Tap, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a, it's a mockumentary that takes place at that school... And it's supposed to be the real-life version of that school, meaning that these kids who are there have watched High School Musical, the movies. But these are this is this is not like a documentary; it's a mockumentary. These are these are actors. These are actors pretending to be students who have seen High School Mus- the High School Musical movies. Yeah, so they like exist in our world where High School Musical is a pop cultural thing. Yes, but. It's like, think of your projected love for High School Musical and put yourself on the screen and then you're like, oh, great, cool. I also watched the High School Musical movies and now I want to perform the High School Musical movie in TV Disney Plus format. Yep. Wow. You guys following? uh, (laughs) We really made that as clear. I mean, it's tough. I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it, but basically the whole thing is like, 
these kids are going to put on that musical at the high school where the musical movie was set. And this is the story of that. Yes. And it, it honestly, as weird and wild as that sounds, it looks like a total blast. It does. It really does. Now, were you a high school musical fan? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was in the sense that I really liked the first one, mm-hmm. which I think is a similar camp to a lot of people. The second one, I think, is always like the one that gets laughed at, mostly because of that "Bet on It" song that bet on it, bet on it. <laughs> that Zac Efron smacks the water <laughs> and dances all around the golf course. Which I mean, it's all time. It's a great moment. Yes. Um, I didn't see the third one, which I think was the one that got the theatrical release, right? It, it absolutely did, and I absolutely saw it in theaters. Was Was it all of the usual suspects in there? Yes. Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens, like everybody. Everyone, it's cool. good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say it. I loved it. Uh, I'm. Well, with I mean, you. we should marathon it before this goes live. I mean, oh yeah. I mean, that's happening for sure. I mean, the music in the first one is so good. Yes. And I don't care who you are. Like, even the people. I mean, I was right at the prime age to be like, ugh, High School Musical, so lame. Like, I'm so so much cooler than that. But the reality was, man, like, I you loved dug it. it. <laughs> I totally loved it. I mean, yes. if you if you like musical theater or music in general. Uh huh. It's a blast. It's good music. I was uh, I was in my DJ days when High School Musical came out, so I got to hide hide my, you know, I guess my quote unquote man card that I was like, High School Musical, whatever. But I loved every moment of oh, it, man. so I'd play it for like seven and eight year olds, and I was like, Yeah, let's play some Troy Bolton. Yeah, you know, it was so great. And let me tell you, High School Musical two, I agree, terrible. Three delivers. It is. Okay. It has some incredible things that happen in it. Good to know. Such a good send off. Yeah. I mean, at any rate, I'm excited to see these songs like revitalized again and, and kind of like performed in a new way. Mm-hmm. And the, the takeaway from people who've seen parts or all of this show is that um, it's very much in line with what Gen Z life is like. So that'll be interesting for me to see too. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm not Gen Z. Same. So we'll, we'll connect like a, like not a real word. Gen Z. Gen Z. Yeah. <laughs> we should do that here on out. Gen Z. Gen Z. All one word. Okay. Next we got Noel, which is a Christmas movie that stars Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader. They are brother and sister and the children of Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus. Yes. Does Mrs. Claus have a name? First name? Mm, I don't know that we see her in the trailer. Do we? I don't know. I but like in, in the lore. Mm, I gotta go back. I, can I call my wife? She would know. I don't know. Aubrey. I don't. I don't know that she. I don't know that she does. Jackie um, would know too. Yeah. Well. Anyway, <laughs> they're the children of of Santa Claus. Santa Claus is what retiring, dead. I think retiring. Okay. I mean, it, you, Santa Claus can't die. It's time to pass the mantle sure. off to and his so children. And so Bill Hader's supposed to be getting that, and he wants no part of it. Yes. Um, which makes for honestly, it's. It's, I couldn't, I was like halfway through the trailer and I was like, eh, I don't know how I, how I feel about it. And then at the end of the trailer, I was like, this looks great. Yes. I'm excited. I like, I like the full blown, like, let's just lean into the craziness that is Christmas and how like big we've blown it up to be. Like it seems, it feels very similar to Elf mm-hmm. and I loved Elf. So, yeah. and Billy Eichner's mm-hmm. in it too. Yeah. Bill Hader is basically having a crisis. He doesn't feel like he's good enough or he has the confidence enough or that he has the motivation to be the new Santa Claus. And he goes in the trailer, he goes into hiding and Anna Kendrick's like, no, no, you have to do it. And so she's trying to just inject the spirit of Christmas back into him to take Mm -hmm. over. And oh man, it's, it's a wild ride. The things that we see in this trailer. Uh, Prediction. 
Anna Kendrick will end up being Santa, right? Absolutely. Like, that's for sure how this movie ends. Oh, easily. Spoiler alert, I don't know anything, but that's what's happening. Yeah. So... I, I don't see it any other way. No. I mean, it just make, it, it makes the most sense. And that's okay. I think that sounds good. And I think Billy that Eichner becomes head elf. Yeah. Cause he's in the tech department. <laughs> I really like that bit of the trailer where he's like, listen, I'm on, I'm on tech. Like I'm not, I'm not here to be Santa Claus. Come on. Yes. But check out that trailer. If you haven't gotten a chance to see that lady in the tramp, which is a project, which we've known about for a while. Um, Justin Thoreau and Tessa Thompson are the leads there. And, I think what we didn't know, I think the news here was that it's coming November 12th, which is the launch date for Disney plus. So it's launching on launch day with Disney plus. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks, it looks cute, man. Yep. Uh, tramp is a rescue dog. Did mm-hmm. you see that? That's awesome. Um, all the dogs look really great. I'm glad that we're getting like real dogs. Yeah. Which is different than it's different than the other live action. I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> if you couldn't pick that up from the tone of my voice, but like it's different from the other live action remakes that we've gotten. We're getting actual real dogs. So they're learning. Disney's learning what live action is. Really this going to be a peanut butter in the mouth situation, Kirk, or do you think they're going to do the thing? Um, like in wishbone where he just like, you just his thoughts. I mean, love wishbone. And I think you could go either way. I think peanut butter in the mouth would be interesting because it's, it's the real tactile choice. Um, it, yeah. It's more interesting. I kind of would dig that. It'd be like a little bit of a throwback. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, well, I mean, we haven't gotten a trailer or anything for this, right? So we don't really know. Not yet. But I'll be watching it day one for sure. I mean, day one, November 12th, I might as well. I don't know if that's like, what what day of the week is that? Ooh. I might have to put in PTO request because, I mean, there's there's going to be a lot of content there. That's a Tuesday. Oh, weak sauce. That's not fair. Come on, Disney. Are you serious? It's insane how Smack much... Smack in the middle of the week. Stuff is coming. I wonder if they just went buzz throughout the entire week. I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, the other thing that we're getting on November 12th, which was, this was a strong contender and probably finished second for the weirdest thing to come out, uh, is The World According to Jeff Goldblum, which we we knew about that show, too. I think... I first found out about it just by seeing like when they put that first screenshot out of the user interface for Disney plus, I was like, what does that say? The world according to Jeff Goldblum, it looks delightful. Absolutely. There was a trailer and it was just like, let's follow around Jeff Goldblum as he experiences normal everyday things. (laughs) And I was like, sure. (laughs) Sign me up. 12 episodes. I'll binge watch all of it. (laughs) I mean, Jeff Goldblum is one of the most fascinating people. And in every movie you, you get, you get a character, but you also get the charm that he is. And so watching him just in real life situations, let's go. Oh, it's going to, I mean, get your popcorn ready. (laughs) Like I am so here for it. It's so funny to watch these people. I was talking to Jackie the other day. I was like, think about your Jeff Goldblum, right? Like you were a star back in the day Mm -hmm. in a pretty significant way. Um, obviously Jurassic Park, like the tons, fly. yeah, tons of big things, but then you like, you're off the map for a while, but then you become like this meme God, you yes. know, like, because he's so awesome and everybody's just like, Oh, sexy Jeff Goldblum and all these different things. And he's back mm-hmm. and he's everywhere. Yes. And there are rumors that like for Jurassic world three, they might bring back him and Laura Dern and Sam Neill. And like, he was obviously in Ragnarok and he's in all kinds of stuff. I'd be all for that. Uh, all for that. I yeah. love Jeff Goldblum. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, Jeff Goldblum. Actually, dude, if we called him, you know he would come on. Right. If we could somehow get his number, 
he's like a Bill Murray type. Like, he would just show up. He might right. come in studio. If anyone out there knows Jeff Goldblum... Yeah, let's shoot our shot. I'm, let us know. I'm all in. I know that he would do it. I know. I mean, if he if he doesn't, then he's not who I think he is. I'd probably pass out from, A, shock that he was here, B, from laughter, because he oh, would just 100%. make me cry. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we're going to look into that. That's got to happen. Um, next, I'm going to play a little bit of I Told You So here. We're getting a Toy Story spinoff tv show forky asks a question mm-hmm. which i'm stoked because forky was a total blast trash, <laughs> trash. <laughs> yeah and it's like a bunch of shorts which feels like the right medium for that character oh yeah i'm not watching like eight hour long episodes of forky <laughs> like, no way but i'll watch like a few shorts of just like him being a goober and doing gooberish things mm-hmm. that sounds like a total total blast um monsters at work which is like after monsters you like what other monsters do for work that looks so fun it does i'm all here for the monsters university the monsters inc world because yeah it's it's so good you can do anything with that and yeah it's perfect in the disney plus format it's probably like their most original idea Mm -hmm. i mean toy story was a good one i i mean i know that toy story is sacred and everything but that concept isn't that original like i think every kid at one point has thought what if what if toys were real right so i mean i just think the things like the things like monsters university and monsters inc that era and like i don't know maybe inside out like those are some of their Mm -hmm. most creative well-structured ideas intellectual yeah and i just tend to like those a lot sure sure so that's going to be fun more monsters i want all the monsters Mm -hmm. all of it um lizzie mcguire is back dude Kirk. lizzie <laughs> yes, it is and i want the original theme song i i just want to pick up right where we left off i want the cartoon i want gordo i want everyone yeah what do you think gordo's up to hopefully he cut his hair <laughs> yeah I, I mean i think he probably oh yeah probably he probably is i don't know if we have a confirmed gordo back in this yet um but i mean we know hillary duff is here and yes. that's all that really matters at the end of the day we're we're getting it you know that little cartoon drawing is going to be involved oh one million percent yeah one million percent it's gonna be great um what if the parents come back too they were pretty great as well uh i just really loved loved them in this as well my heart just felt warm when i saw hillary duff on the red carpet at d23 because i was just like man this is this feels right like come home hillary duff um (laughs) i i have a lot of respect for her because she basically everybody was like hey where was hillary where's hillary duff been and she's been doing like normal people things. She had a family. She has kids, and she she's been, still been doing work in film. Yeah. In fact, she just did this. Um, uh, ironically enough, she did a, a film where she played Sharon Tate. I just saw this on Amazon Prime. Oh wow! I only watched like five minutes of it, and I'm like, that's nah, not once upon a time in Hollywood. But she tr- she's trying. She's doing she's doing good stuff all over the place. It's called The Haunting of Sharon Tate. Um, but anyways, I always think it's cool when when actors take time to really be with their family yes and i and i i don't i don't blame any actor who doesn't Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of opportunity and and really good situation you can put your family in by continuing to be a successful actor i think it's a really tough thing to balance yes Um, but i always have mad respect for the people who can make the sacrifice and 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 do so it's i mean props to her i'm excited i'm excited so thankful because like they created she created this when she was a kid went off and had her family she's like yeah 
I am still I can still be Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. Let's see the next phase of her life, and it's just all this nostalgia rushes in. And for the people who haven't seen it, I hope it's streaming somewhere so they could watch it and then just dive right in. I've, well, hopefully it'll be on Disney Plus as well, the yeah. original series. So yeah, yeah, that would be great. <sighs> Um, and then finally, we get our next look at a Disney Animation Studios film, which is, how do you pronounce this, Kirk? Raya. Raya. Raya and the Last Dragon. That's R-A-Y-A. Um, which this looks like the Southeast Asia version of Moana. Yes. Which I'm here for. If they just want to move across the globe and do Moana-esque movies, mm-hmm. let's go. Because Moana was awesome yeah i don't know if lynn manuel is uh scoring this probably not no word well yet. uh that's a big miss yes if not he, he should, should he should if he's not scoring every movie that comes out for the rest of forever mm-hmm. then whoever they chose is wrong right um, unless it's john williams but yeah, if they have real like lyrical songs and they didn't in at least consult lynn manuel mm-hmm. who is like the ultimate lyricist you gotta question their judgment i really would as well I, I at least just need to know, like, okay, you're making a musical film. Did you at least try to get on his calendar? Mm-hmm. Like, did you try to set up something? Because if you, you tried and him? you failed, that's okay. Nothing to hang your hat on there. L- I mean, nothing nothing bad there. Lin-Manuel, now he is someone who would also probably come, but just like Jeff Goldblum, the only thing that is that he's so busy that I don't know that you could get him to come. But he is always there for his fans, always wanting to just be supportive of it and everything. This I'm geeking hard over, this Raya and the Last Dragon, because there are two big players in this in this film. One is Aquafina. Oh, yeah, she's everywhere. 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 Right and the other person in this is Cassie Steele. I saw this name, and I mm-hmm. said, that looks familiar. It does sound familiar. It looks so familiar. And I looked it up, and I said, dude, that is Cassie Steele from Degrassi. Oh, yeah. She played such a big character on the seasons that she was on. She went from just this shy nobody to this, um, how do you say it, um, misguided, uh, seductive classmate. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. and then she was kind she kind of had like the, had the had the scarlet letter on her. And then finally she came back to being like, I'm everyone's friend and I can, I can be here to support you. And I'm a, I'm a real person. Don't see me for the bad choices that I made. So yeah. Excellent story arc. I loved Cassie Steele and Degrassi. Dude, Degrassi was lit. It's so good. It was, it was great. It was a little too mature for me. And so I was forbidden from watching it. Oh yeah. But, uh, we all know how that goes. Yeah. Sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I, uh, yeah, uh, life finds a way. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was also way, we're only a couple years apart, but I was also way too young for this. But my sister, who didn't really tell my parents what the show was about, just started watching it. You know, you know, what was it? Charter came out. And yeah. we actually snuck into my grandparents' basement around Easter. And she's like, hey, Kirk, there's a marathon of this show called Degrassi you got to watch it. And yeah, I was like, dude. whoa, my eyes were opened to so many storylines that I shouldn't have been open to. It was great. It was just a, a really great time in life. I, I, I just, yeah, Degrassi. Mm-hmm. What, what can we say? So yeah, ba- glad to have, glad to have, uh, what was it? Cassie Steele back in Steel, the fold. Man. Shout out to her. Shout out to Degrassi. And, shout out to Canada. And shout out to Drake. Most of all, um, <laughs> <laughs> who without Degrassi, where would he be? N- nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah. Nowhere. So, take that okay <laughs> that is all the disney news that we had notes on i'm i'm almost like 100 percent certain that we missed something oh yeah because it was a stupid amount of information so Overload. if we miss something and you want us to talk about it just hit us up we can do an emergency pod Ooh. 
Yeah. Do you know that? Do you know that people do like emergency pods? Like they'll be like, Spider Man is out of the MCU emergency pod. I I'm not ready for that yet. Well, is then, it really an emergency? It's not. I mean, no, nothing has really happened yet. No, we don't know the full details of it. Nothing is completely confirmed. So any any takes that you give at that time are going to be wrong and like the by the next day. Which is what's so wrong with this 24-hour news cycle. I mean, we had it in Anchorman 2. That was the whole plot. The 24-hour news cycle? Like yeah. he was freaking out like it's a terrible idea and we're living that. We're actually living we that. We are. No, it was a good it was a good satirical jab at the 24-hour news cycle. Yes, and and there's so much false information that comes out for people who are like, "Well, I think it's this. This makes the most sense. Let's pu- let's publish that." And then it's so wrong, or there's panic for no reason for across entertainment and every other, uh, any other kind of news, whatever breaking story. So right, let's, right. Let's get rid of that. Let's let's uh, let's wait for all the facts, wait for the confirmations. Yeah, we're not doing any emergency pods around here. Never. It will never come it from will not popcorn okay. for breakfast. We we still have more movie news, Kirk. I it's feel insane. like I've been running a marathon for the last. How long have we been recording? Like forty plus minutes. Yep. Yeah. And the non-Disney news is huge, too. Okay, let's go quickly here. Ready. We've got the new James Bond movie, Bond 25, yes. hashtag Bond 25. You have to say that. You have to say hashtag Bond 25, <laughs> I think. It's in your contract. Um, it has a title. Are you ready for this? Yes. <clears throat> no Time to Die. Ooh. So Daniel Craig's toast, right? <laughs> like, they're, they're killing James Bond. I mean, maybe. Okay, so let's, let's list our facts out. This is Bond 25. This is the last Daniel Craig Bond. We're getting a female 007. Okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. It's not looking good. It's not looking <laughs> for g- good for old Jimmy Bond. I'm, I'm worried about him. But he says there's no time to die, Cam. Well, I know, Kirk. <laughs> but die is in the title. But no, we had die another day. I know that. Thank you. Um, Live and let so die. So I will concede that. But he's toast. I... I I don't know what the betting odds are are on him dying, but if there if that's the underdog pick, I'm putting my house on it because mm. it's happening. Mm. I mean, I don't think is it's unprecedented, right? We've never killed Bond. No, we've killed his wife, um, but no, he's never died. Did Ian Fleming ever kill Bond in the books? Do we know? I don't know. We should look that up. We should. We'll go to the uh, the research department. And try to get an answer on that. I I don't think he's ever died. I think he should survive. I know, but if he's if he survives, ha- we'll have an emergency pod after <laughs> all right. <laughs> after yeah. review the film, yeah, to say all right. Agreed. Guess who was right? I feel like we should bet on this before this movie comes out. Like if you don't think he's gonna Ooh. die, I feel like we should make it interesting. At we some should point. make a bet, a non-monetary bet that we have. Yeah, to do somebody something has to crazy. do something embarrassing. Ooh, I love this. Yeah. Mm, done. I don't actually. Gonna... No. Let's let the listener like send us your Ooh. suggestions. Some sort of like almost like fantasy football league punishment when you lose. Yes. We need something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So so we'll crowdsource this. Okay. Give I us your this. ideas. If we'll probably um, just come up with our own thing anyway. But we because <laughs> that's what we tend to do. We're like, all right, answer this poll and we'll go see a movie. And then we're like, no. <laughs> let's go. Let's then just again. Or we'll build off of multiple ideas that you have. Yeah, I want the ideas though. Please regardless. send Carpe Diem. Us yeah, Carpe your Diem, ideas. and we'll vet them on the show, and then we'll we'll pick one. Oh, this would be great. This will be a good one. Um, but I'm, he's he's dead. Okay, next <laughs> next non Disney news story. This is what we have to say now, Kirk. Like we almost have to do this on every episode. So let's do Disney news and non Disney news because it's gotten ridiculous. They own so much of the market. Yeah. 
The Matrix 4, Kirk. The Matrix 4. We were just talking about this early on yeah. in our pod about how you needed to see all three of them. Yes. And here they are. They're ready for you. You luckily, need to watch them. Luckily, I've procrastinated. And I say luckily because The Matrix is coming back to theaters this weekend. It is. That's exciting. It's also coming to Hulu, I just found out. Mm. I'm pretty sure September 1, it's dropping Matrix 1 through 3. So you've got a couple of different options. What's the third Matrix called? Oh, gosh. Revelations. Rev- Revolutions. That's it. Yes. Sorry. Two totally different words. <laughs> so it's been 16 mo- 16 years, and it will have been longer since we've had a, had a Matrix movie. Has it been 16 years since Matrix 3? 2003. You're kidding me. No, the first one was 99, the second one was 01, the third one was 03. Oh my gosh, I feel so old. So I'll ask you, and this is kind of, I'm asking you to kind of walk a tightrope here, because remember, I haven't seen the movies. Mm-hmm. Is there a clear path for a fourth movie, you think? Yes. Okay, good to know. Yep. And what do you think about what will have to be a substantial time jump? Um, I mean, honestly, they could come in at any point that they want. Mm. If you've seen the Matrix trilogy, you know what I'm talking about. You can come in literally wherever you want. You can come in moments after the third one ended. You can come in 20 years after it ended. There is lots to play with. Lots to play with. Good. Okay. Well, I'm glad that it's not just like, sometimes when you get stuff like this, that's like, another sequel or a prequel or whatever it's just like a clear money grab Mm -hmm. so if there is a legitimate place where they can pick up i feel better about that yeah there really is there really is they left and made me kind of happy at the end of it you you know what what i was thinking about uh, when i heard this news was that when we saw matrix one it pretty much has a tidy ending but matrix two and this was all publicized when it came out, so this is no spoiler. Matrix 2 leaves you on a cliffhanger. And Matrix 3, it uh, it ends in a very unsuspecting way for when it dropped. Mm. But now we have tons of movies with shattered expectations of storytelling. And I think that um, the Wachowski brother and sister duo, I believe that they were ahead of their game. And that's how they were able to structure these so well. So there, was some, there were some mixed emotions about 2 and 3. Yeah. Um, but looking back at them now and thinking about how the fourth one's going to play into it, I think it's going to be really good. It would be really cool. You know, sometimes we, we talked about this with Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. how the subsequent films can sort of elevate the, the movie. Yes. Um, that, it, that it's it's sort of ahead of its time, but in an intentional way would be cool to see them kind of elevate the whole series by doing that because a lot of what I've heard is the same thing. Like Matrix 1 is mind-blowingly, mind-bendingly, gut-bustingly awesome. Mm-hmm. And the other two are like, meh, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed all of them. But yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I hope that same effect happens. That would be cool. Okay, last bit of movie news, finally. The last bit. It's a big one. It's a big one. <laughs> so our breaking, we've been hearing about a Breaking Bad Universe movie. We get, we're getting it now. It's called El Camino. We had a trailer today, like mm. hot off the presses. We were, I was literally walking into the studio and I was like, yo, Kirk, did you see this? And he, we, you know, we were talking about it, but, mm-hmm. um, the trailer is like one minute. It's a little teaser. We get, uh, stinky Pete, who is a character from breaking bad. He was Badger's friend. Yes. Which I mean, out of that duo, Badger is far and away the more memorable of the two absolutely um so it was kind of interesting but he's basically in a room like getting interrogated and he's like listen man i don't know where jesse pinkman is but i know what he's been through 
and there is no way on this earth that I'm going to let you know where he's at. Yep. Um, but there were like 10 law enforcement officials in that room and they're all l- looking for Jesse Pinkman. Yes. So this is going to be fun. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. Is he, is Jesse the only surviving person from the whole cartel that, 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 that was happening? This I don't know, business? Man. Because I'm going to have to go back and watch because I mean, it got wild at the end of that show. Yeah, it did. So perfectly wild. Oh, the reverse earmuffs. If you haven't seen Breaking Bad, <laughs> everyone dies. Um, Except Jesse Pinkman and Stinky Pete. And, yeah, and Stinky Pete. Uh, thank God, man. I was really worried about Stinky Pete. I totally forgot about him. Not to be confused with Sneaky Pete, which is an Amazon show. With Giovanni Ravisi. Yes. So good. Such a good um, show. I This trailer is interesting because I'm really excited about this movie, but I was getting... Uh, I don't know. I don't want to call it bad acting. I don't know that it is. It's just really weird delivery. It is. And I need to go back and watch this character to see if it's like true to the character. But the whole time I'm thinking like, man, why did we choose this as our trailer? This is bizarre. I mean, Sticky Pete was definitely an addict like of of Jesse Pinkman, Badger, and Sneaky Pete, he was the heaviest user he was, in the group, yeah. so he was always on edge, always sh- scratching his arms, always shivering, you know. Uh, yeah, the delivery is strange, though, for sure. And it's really hard. It took me a minute to figure out that was him. Like, who is this guy? I had to look back. He's not wearing his beanie in this trailer. Yeah, right. So it was like, <laughs> wait, who is this guy? Yeah, I was Am like, I supposed to know who this is? And then you're like, oh, yeah. I was like, I was looking through pictures, and I'm uncovering my hand from pictures. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's him. It's, it's Stinky Pete. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a it's an interesting one. I I desperately need this to be good. I just want it so badly to be good. I don't want anything tainting the Breaking Bad name. I don't think it would. And I have to I have to guess that Brian Cranston would be an executive producer on this as well. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to let this be bad. Aaron Paul's not going to let this thing be bad if he was going to agree to come back yeah, to it. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, money is nice, but you can't do this without making it good. Yeah, and I want uh, I want Aaron Paul. I want more Aaron Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really a talented actor. He just does not get good roles. He did yeah. that terrible Need for Speed movie after Breaking Bad. Yeah, I'm hoping this puts him back in a really good in a really really good position. He was good on The Path on Hulu. I well, only he's watched... in Westworld too. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I haven't seen that season if it's even out actually. Um, but I know that he's on that too. So. Nice. This is going to be good, and it, it's also a nice. Um, resolve and call to the fans because we had that fake out where the whatever kind of alcohol brand that Brian Cranston and oh Aaron yeah came out with. yeah that was a good one <laughs> that was like really guys really they trolled us yes but now here it is we've got at least we have a, a sequel to the series coming yeah out. it should be good El Camino which means I believe if my Spanish is correct the road oh I thought it meant the Camino okay <laughs> uh, yeah I think I'm right on that one I could be wrong. We'll make a bet on that too. <laughs> uh oh, I don't like. I don't. I don't know. I might. I might need to roll that one back. Um, but yeah. So that's finally all of your movie news. Now you guys are caught up. Just remember, in the future, if you're getting overwhelmed by movie news and you just can't handle it, I know that's a very relatable scenario. Um, Kirk and I have got your back. Mm-hmm. We'll get overwhelmed for you. We'll take the notes and we'll get you up to speed. Just don't worry about it. All right, let's dive into this review. We're reviewing this week a movie called The Peanut Butter Falcon. This movie stars Shia LaBeouf, Dakota Johnson. <laughs> Dakota Johnson. Yeah, I like how we're doing that every single time. <laughs> I'm going to have to be very careful in choosing my words. So what are the rules here? 
Anytime Shia LaBeouf is said. Okay, so I can say Shia. Mm, Shia LaBeouf. Let me think about that before <laughs> you make that rule set. Mm. Uh, we'll figure it out next pod. Okay. So, Whatever you feel it. Yes. Okay, that's fair. Um, and so, yeah, so, so Shia. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> dang, dang it. All right, I don't know. He, he's in this. Dakota Johnson's in this. Mm-hmm. And introducing, I want to say his name correctly, um, Zach Gottsagen. Mm-hmm. Does that, that sound right? right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, who is a person with Down syndrome. Um, and this movie focuses around that. So let's. Let's go into our synopsis in 280 characters or less, our tweet synopsis. uh, Would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Let's let you go first. Okay, I'll go. A genuine and heartwarming look at Zach and Tyler's bond as they travel downstream in search of their respective purposes. In the process, they look... Sorry, in the process, they learn about the power of positivity and discover love in its purest form. That's beautiful. This movie's beautiful. It is. Yeah. It is. What do you got? I thought mine was kind of cheesy. I hope it makes grammatical sense. Let's see. Mine didn't. I just as I was reading it, I was like, "This, these aren't sentences." <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So there you go. We'll change this to uh, run-on synopsis. Here we go. <clears throat> Backed into a corner, Tyler, a capable but misguided fisherman, crosses paths with Zach, a Down syndrome person with an extraordinary dream. Their serendipitous meeting allows each of them to become the person they were each meant to be. Yes, that was a much better synopsis. I think so. I want everybody to see this movie, so I want to make sure that our synopsis is clear. So I'm going to give like a little bit of extra context just to Do make it. sure everybody knows because I had no idea. I just saw the cover and I saw like Shia and Shia <laughs> Zach sitting on a raft. Yes, and I was like, "What is this thing about?" So essentially, what we've got is Zach um, plays plays a character called Zach mm-hmm. who lives in a retirement home because yes. effectively um, tragically his family wanted nothing to do with him and the state has nowhere to put him other than this retirement home which is not it's not the kind of place that he should be in you know he's not going to get the kind of support that he needs for his you know cognitive delays and all of those things because it's just not it's just not catered to that right and he's not old no he's 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 young early 20s yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and he's young and he has dreams and he wants out and Mm -hmm. so um you know he you know i he finds his way to shia's character tyler Mm -hmm. and tyler's in an interesting place in his life where he doesn't really know what's next and he's had some traumatic experiences and you know as these things go that's not it's not exactly like hunky dory they're happy to see each other right out of the gate they kind of stumble into each other on accident but man it turns into just a beautiful story with a really good vibe to it like a mark twain-esque feel yes Um, and uh it's just a really important movie Mm -hmm. Uh, um so i mean i'm kind of kind of showing my hand a little bit in terms of like where i'm going to score it but i do think it's an important film um and i want to make sure that that's not lost Mm -hmm. yeah that's perfectly said Okay, let's go into Best Actor. And the Oscar goes to is the name of this category. Yes, it is. I'll go first. Um, I went with Zach Gottsagen. All right. Yeah, I thought that um, seeing this, it was just a really powerful thing. Um, we're, we're at a time where um, it's import- inclusion is as important as it's ever been, but we're kind of riding a really good wave of, of uh, momentum and mm-hmm. getting lots of inclusion in movies. And I think 
that, um, you know, cognitive delays and, and things of that nature are really misunderstood. And seeing um, a person with Down syndrome in this capacity acting really, really, really well was just a really powerful moment. Um, and I think Jackie was talking about, like, yeah, we, we were kind of talking about, you know, it's really cool to see these guys, like, it's really cool to see people whenever, like whenever we don't have to talk about it anymore. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like whenever the movie, like the plot of this movie obviously focuses around his um, disability, but won't it be cool whenever we can have a person with down syndrome in a movie and we don't have to actually like talk about it Mm -hmm. maybe like in passing, but it doesn't have to be the core plot of the movie. Right. Um, That will be a great moment. And movies like this help make that possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I just really thought his performance was stellar yeah and really powerful and i i really enjoyed i can't wait to see more of him yeah he was perfectly cast um i I was reading the trivia and he did some improv while while performing with with shia and i was like that part was improv like that seems like the perfect thing that was written. one of the funniest parts of the movie was improv yeah i was like good on you man it kills me and he he just does things where this this is just a person yeah despite what the what's happening to him the the syndrome the the disability that he has the he is just 100 percent a person and he shows that through and through and he is 100 percent truly talented Mm -hmm. he's good definitely i went with shia labeouf nice i i gotta root for this guy every every time i see him um he shia plays this country bumpkin but he's more than that honestly when i saw him come on the screen and I saw so many people from my childhood. And that let, <laughs> <laughs> let me explain that. Uh, so my mom grew up in kind of a smaller town. And this smaller town makes no sense that there are your, your caricatures of country bumpkins. Now, I will say that my family does not resemble these this country bumpkin-esque kind right, of right. person um, in no way, shape, or form. But like, there are friends and family friends out there that I was like, yeah, I, I know exactly who he is. Shia must have like a distant relative that he went and like m- just followed and shadowed for quite a period of time. Yeah. There's this moment where Shia takes his hat and puts the bill of it in the front of his pants. And you're like, what is he doing? And then I thought about it. I was like, no, I've seen that. I've seen that before yeah. as, as a child. So he, it's, it's so perfect. It's not, it's not a caricature. It's this very well layered, um, just all-star performance. And I think this is just Shia ramping up for his Oscar nomination. Yeah, I mean, we we know that he has it. Yes. That's never been the thing. It's been all of the weird stuff going on, you know, off screen and, and, you know, just like, I don't know, getting arrested for, like, being drunk in public and, like, he punched a guy at one point. It's, (laughs) It's like that kind of stuff, that, like, the knucklehead stuff that... That's the reason that he's not a star. We know he's capable of it. We, I mean, we've known since even Stevens. I mean, that show's goofy, but he, you have to be, like, he's a great, gives great comedic performance in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he, he's, it seems like he's more sober now. Like yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. His, in his interviews and conversations like that, it seems like he's sober. And with that, he has the clarity of mind to take on the roles that he should be doing and not be doing some of the crazy antics. Like even on Fury with Brad Pitt, he was, yeah. I think everyone hated him for how he portrayed the role, even though he did a great job. He was really good. I loved him in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those, those things are trickling away. Uh, again, I think they're all tied to his, his kind of substance and, and alcohol abuse, but He's reshaping his career. He's he's uh, he's getting there. 
um, one step at a time. We s- we've seen him in these big blockbuster movies, but now we're seeing him in these smaller, I wouldn't say low budget, but just not you know, in, like indie in films. Face. They're yeah. indie films, yeah, uh, with some some decent uh, decent budget because this movie was beautiful. It was. I mean, I do think it was it was pretty low budget outside of the the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a good point. We could talk about that more. Like, yeah. I don't want to show my showstopper hand just okay. yet, but that I, yeah, I do want to talk about that for sure. Um, yeah, I thought I thought Shia was really excellent. Um, let's go to Scene Stealer. Scene Stealer. I'll go first. Go ahead. I had Bruce Dern. All right. Um, Bruce Dern, this has been the funniest thing to watch over the last couple of years. It's like <laughs> Bruce Dern's transformation into the old crazy guy in every movie. <laughs> and I've seen like three or four iterations of it now, like between Nebraska and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and this. And I just, I'm like, yep, I like it. <laughs> he was like Zach's sort of like his, uh, his, his confidant, you know, in the, in the retirement home. Yep. And he was just really funny. Their interactions were were great, and he, you know, he was a he was a bit of a. I don't know how to explain it, but he was a he was a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. You know, he like oh, yeah. one of those like fun, lovable, like old guy troublemaker types. And the the dialogue that those two have, and the way that they interact, it makes for one of the more fun and lighthearted and heartwarming moments of this movie. It does. You're absolutely right. Uh, my scene stealer. Zach Gottsagan. Right oh, cool. There. So, again, he was witty. He had the, the excellent improv moments. Um, shattered expectations because he... If, I mean, after a while, the the central plot of it is that he is a Down syndrome person. And he even says that. That's one of the one of the quotes that yeah, he has. Yeah, that's what he refers to himself as. And he, you, re, you really see that disappear. And you just see him growing. And you just see him on this journey. And yeah. It's really extraordinary to watch. Like, I really just like that that part of him goes away and you really see just this person trying to follow their dream Mm -hmm. and what struggles come along with it what joy and what and what sadness comes with that yeah yeah i mean because because i i think you know it what's so remarkable about the whole thing um and they said that zach is like this on set too that he's just like an engine of positivity Mm -hmm. um and i I think that's so impressive because he lives in a much darker world than us you know Mm -hmm people you know he's likely been made fun of um as as sad as that is he's likely you know had people say really hurtful things at him for for no reason and to like no fault of his own Mm -hmm. just because that's kind of the world that we live in and yet he is the guy who is just like this total wave of positivity and love and it it honestly you can feel it sitting in your seat as you're watching this movie it's like just like warmth and like like I said, love in its purest form, like it's just very real and very palpable. Yes. So it was, you know, he really does a good job. Okay. Right. Showstoppers. Here it is. What's the best production value moment or what production value like piece is the, is the most impactful? I would say for me, it's the cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that was yours. It was. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. But I was, I was looking into the guys um, who directed this movie. It was a duo of guys who actually um, kind of cut their teeth in filmmaking by making short films about just kind of like adventure. Um, and that gives this a really cool aesthetic where it feels very much like you're watching. I don't know if you ever watched like these, um, not like nature documentaries, but like documentaries of like free solo. Did you watch that? Of the I've, guy who was climbing El Capitan. I have not. Yeah, it just kind of had that vibe of like, 
epic adventure, just looking at the world from a really um, refined perspective, um, like some like looking through the lens of like, let's see how beautiful everything is. And I mean, they're in like swampland, right? This mm-hmm. whole time, like what most people would consider a place that they don't want to be. <laughs> and they make it look just absolutely stunning. And they, they take a lot of time to be really intentional about how they um, film and shoot the world around them. Uh, lots of cool aerial shots, lots of cool. There's a really good scene where um, Zach and Tyler are sort of walking single file oh through gosh. the corn stalks and the, the, the camera is kind of walking with them and you can see them on the other side of the corn stalks. And it's just a really beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful shot. Yes. Um, I mean, I was like to the point where I was literally almost ooing and eyeing at some of the shots in this movie. They had a really good eye and a clear vision for what they wanted to do. And it, um, comes through and it just really really works yes absolutely same thing the cinematography that that corn stock the cornfield scene is is what really kicked this movie off there there are some introductions and then they get to this cornfield you're like oh my goodness this is just the this is the rest of the story so yeah when you think of like <clears throat> when you think of a, of a uh, back to what i spoke about mise-en-scene about the placement of an object in the film yeah uh, in, in the screen uh, you you see this cornfield and you see people in it so what is a cornfield it's horrifying it can be horrifying yeah but it also can be exciting so it's in the daytime so it's a little less scary and it's gorgeous you see all the rows from above and you can kind of see and guess where they're going but they have no idea so yeah they're on this journey to escape this cornfield this corn maze if you will and it's beautiful and they don't know what's next and oh it's so wonderful you know this the rest of this movie had a lot of <clears throat> a lot of similarities or the air of uh, uh the movie that's coming out by terrence malick that we talked about a hidden yeah, life a hidden life yeah yeah uh, the trailer played before this and they throw up this this critic's quote uh, about uh, Hidden Life is an orchestra of the senses. And I think this movie had that, too, because mm-hmm. every location that they came upon, I felt I felt like I was there. I could smell it. Um, definitely because I, I lived it with the country bumpkin life uh, from my from my family, friends of friends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you could hear it. It was just so wonderfully done. Um, and a great, great job on just with a small cast of characters as well. Yeah, and I thought... Um you know, to your point, I think that it, the way that they shot it works really well thematically. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's what they intended because again, their background kind of, um, lends itself to shooting this kind of movie. Like if they were going to make any movie about anything, it probably would be shot like this. But thematically, the whole thing is about, uh, perspective, right. Mm -hmm. And how you view things and how you view people. And I thought that that, I don't know if it was intentional, but it felt very intentional and it made it, it made it a really impactful movie. I think it's intentional. And like you said, how it followed them as they walked through. Yeah. That's intentional because you can almost mark throughout the movie. Uh, so we tend to see, see things left to right because we read left to right. So when things are going left to right, you have forward momentum. But if you see the camera pan the opposite way, then you, then there's a roadblock, there's a stumbling block. And that happened several times throughout the movie. And it was like, yes. Yeah. So you can kind of, even though if you're not consciously thinking of it, it's just going to stir within you. And then you, you might be, now you might be able to be like, oh, this is it. But in any film you watch left to right, right to left, there's, there's that storytelling mode. And I, I think it was all intentional. I think yeah. this guy did such yeah, a good yeah. job. That's a really good point. And the last nerdy bit about this that I'll <laughs> give, uh, cause we're kind of nerding out a little oh, yeah. bit, but, um, You'll, you'll notice as you watch it that in the early going when Tyler and Zach are kind of starting on their journey, 
um, they don't, they're not often in the same shot together. Like they intentionally show just Tyler or just Zach. And then as their relationship grows, you start to get more. And by the end, they're inseparable. Yes. They're in every shot together. Like they're never alone. Um, and that just, I mean, that just really helps the storytelling as well. Absolutely. All right. Director shoes. What would you change if anything about this story? Um, the casting, the production, I don't have much here. Okay. I really think that if I was going to change anything, I would have kind of just maybe made it a little bit longer. I'd like to see more. I'd like to see more about, um, Zach's story mm-hmm. in particular and kind of like where things started. Um, Shia's, uh, story, Tyler's story, they do a really good job with, and they, they use subtext a lot. They don't, they don't explicitly tell you everything that's happened with him. Um, but I mean, overall, I would just like to know more about Zach because he's kind of like the he he's kind of like the the son of this galaxy that this movie takes place around. Yep. And you get the sense that Dakota Johnson's character knows more about his background, and I wish we could get some more about that um, because she, you know, she gets a little bit defensive whenever she finally comes toe to toe with Tyler about like you you don't know what's good for him. I know what's good for him because. I, you know, I've been there. I'm his person. And it, who, who are you? You know? So I just want to know, like, I want to see more of that relationship. I want to see more about him. Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think, and they, I think they could do that with not a lot of extra time added into yeah, it that's too. Fair. Yeah. Um, just like some short montages of uh, short quick cuts of like, this is what happened. This is what happened and flashbacks. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, I would have liked to see more of Thomas Hayden church. I won't say yeah. what character he is, but he's he's great. He was really good. I don't think they landed his introduction scene. Yeah, um, it was it was a little it was a little. I wanted more. Yeah, I, I won't spoil it. I just wanted more out of it. Um, for a for a ninety minute movie, <clears throat> they could have they could have expanded. Same same as you said, give us a little bit more of of those little subplots. You don't have to throw it in our face like we've talked about that before, but just just a little bit more, a little bit more nuggets and more John Bernthal. He's so good. Yeah, he was getting. I don't think he talked. Did he talk? Uh, oh, there was maybe one scene early on where he kind of talked. And if he was, there was music playing over it, right? Yeah. Like I don't think. Yeah, it, he's he's just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. He was he was. I mean, it's it's so funny that like when you see this movie and you see his role, you're gonna be like weird that they thought this was captivating. But I hope you feel the same sense. Like he, the. The his ability to really convey the relationship because he plays um, Shia LaBeouf's brother, mm-hmm. um, Tyler's brother, Mark, and the the what they do to build that relationship without using hardly any dialogue is pretty impressive. Yes, it, it is, and and it makes it so that the rest of the story is really impactful. So many good connections. All right, that's all of our superlatives. Let's score this thing. Okay, um, I'll go first. You got some final thoughts. I, I don't have many final thoughts except for the fact that I just really think this is an important movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, um, but it's, it's a total feel good, heartwarming. You leave, you leave the movie and you just feel, um, really happy and really at peace. And it's something that I think we could all learn from. I, I kind of wish it wasn't, I kind of wish it, there wasn't so much ex- like language content because I feel like it'd be a great movie for, Um, people of all ages and maybe even with the language content, maybe you could still show it to your kids if you have younger ones, but Mm -hmm. um, it's just a really great story, a really beautiful film, a really important film and one that I think everybody should see. Um, And so with that, I'm going to give it a 9.6 out of 10 kernels. 
Very nice. My highest score of the year. I love it. That is your highest score of the year. Um, this was, this was beautiful. One of the things that we talked about was perspective. And one of the greatest things that they did was they didn't try to throw in these long philosophical conversations because from, from Zach's perspective, he's not going to have that conversation. He's going to tell you exactly what he's thinking when he wants to. And that's it. There's no, there's no need to have any fluff about it. And And that's what makes it feel so genuine. Yes, exactly. So the dialogue was so great, uh, fit so perfectly with the goal of this film. Um, it was awesome to follow this extraordinary dream, uh, this extraordinary person in these unextraordinary circumstances and, uh, following that through to the outcome um and one one last little nerd nugget because i love dropping these uh there's this thing called chekhov's gun uh where it's this theory where it's a dramatic element or principle where if you say something if you say if you show something or say something you better have it later in the film um and they absolutely did this uh in such a perfect way again no spoilers but i was so happy to see uh, just one line of dialogue uh, was planted in the first 10 minutes and then it landed in the last four minutes and i was so pumped that it happened so that's really great so my score i got a 9.3 on this bad boy great really good yeah that would be our highest probably our highest average score that we've ever had so um, really good movie. Who knows how it'll fare in award season? Regardless, it's it's a gr- it's a great one and one that you should definitely see. And after you see it, you should read all the stories about production on this movie because yes. there's some really cool ones about the bond between this cast and um, you really get the feel that that engine of positive force that is Zach Gottsagen goes beyond the screen and really is what made this movie so special. Uh, so definitely check it out. Definitely read all about it and and learn more about it. That's the Peanut Butter Falcon. Go see it. All right. Our top five this week, not related to the Peanut Butter Falcon, but related to the fact that it is hashtag National Dog Day. Yes. Which, so this National Day thing, there's a lot of them. And I'm not saying the National Dog Day should not be a thing, but I was thinking about it today. We should, as a community of people in this world, vote on some sort of committee. Mm Mm-hmm who can go through all of the national days that exist and trash the ones that are totally worthless. Yes. Um, Cause I don't know who's deciding these things or where they're coming from, but there's far too many. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. Like the one that comes to mind is like national root beer float day. And I love root beer floats, but like what in the world? Yeah. I mean, I used to have a calendar on my iPhone that said like all those weird national days. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like national striped sock day. Like this, this doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I fully understand that what I'm asking will cause social media to devolve into chaos because <laughs> what will all the big brands do if they don't have a calendar of days to do on slow days? But like, right. I'm over it. I'm it's, with you. I'm so tired of it. I don't know how to, I, I've got a bunch of dogs in front of me, Cameron. I Oh, I have like a hundred. Would you have a hundred and one? in front of you wow that one, <laughs> that one hurt <laughs> no kirk not 101 though ah. i do i do have a dog from that movie a dog one one dog okay yeah that's what i was trying to say like ah, a dog. okay yeah one dog sorry that i really landed that one anyway um top five movie dogs i know that this is going to be tough it's technically my turn to go first uh, go ahead because you went first last week i can't week. pick but well, go ahead um I've got a huge list, so this makes it tough. I am going to go with Doug from Up. Nice. I really like that character. He's a he's a total goofball, and he does the squirrel. 
you know that that thing <laughs> um he's like the <laughs> he's like the comedic relief in that movie i mean that movie is gut-wrenchingly sad in the yes. early going and we, i mean russell gives us some relief and there's obviously like it's a great movie they do a lot of a really good job but doug really drives home the comedy portion i also love that they're looking for a giant exotic bird named kevin um <laughs> because kevin is a great name for an exotic bird yes it is <laughs> uh, so maybe this is more about the movie than doug itself but i love doug <laughs> and i love his little speaker box it's the best fun story about squirrel my daughter edie bless her heart she thinks the word squirrel is actually pronounced squirtle squirtle yeah so, sure so every time she's like daddy daddy i see a squirtle and so uh. <laughs> it's so great we haven't we we try not to correct them on those things because they'll figure it out um until it becomes too embarrassing and then we'll let them know before that but it's uh it, she says it in all aspects of life and and she quotes up now and says squirtle squirtle yeah you gotta you gotta let them have those funny things that you can like look back on and be like hey you used to say this and yes. yeah it's fun i don't want to let that one die so definitely not what's your number five this is tough um i'm gonna go with beethoven oh good one yeah good one big giant there were like big f- giant thing four of those movies Dude, i think there were like five there were a lot <laughs> there's a lot of beethoven <laughs> movies it's actually kind of hard to believe but yeah beethoven I, I would watch those on repeat and i love the classic angry 90s dad that we had yeah oh yeah that's that's awesome just screaming at everyone like how dare you put the dog away i hate dogs and then of course at the end of each film he's like you saved my life beethoven yeah of course i of course i love you it's that dude that's a good point underrated point dads were like totally vilified in the 90s yes they were like the big dumb stupid mean guys yes they were as a dad in retrospect i'm a little bit offended by that and I, but i will use it as a lesson mm-hmm. and i will try to not be that person exactly though if i am that person it's good to know that beethoven will save me and i will you know get my life in order right so that I mean I can I can rest easy knowing that there that scenario exists. Just wait for a giant dog to come into your life and <laughs> rescue you from uh, I don't know what are they trying to do like shave him and sell his fur I don't even know yes or breed him yeah <laughs> yeah wow. Beethoven Beethoven baby I'm gonna <laughs> go four yeah I'm gonna go I'm gonna go watch those my number four is the dog from the artist great choice I don't I don't know the name of that dog I didn't even care to look it up because if you've seen the artist like you know this dog yes. Really just like if ever a dog was going to win an Academy Award, it would be this dog. This dog was incredible. He'd do all kinds of cool tricks. He's a total total cutie pie. You know, just want to mm-hmm. take him home. Um, in that movie, like the climax of that movie, there's like a fire and like an attempted suicide. And the dog is the reason that, you know, that doesn't happen. Um, yeah, he's kind of like the grounding force for um, our friend. I can't remember his name. Same. Uh, I don't remember what the character's name is in that Just remember movie. the dog. Yeah. Just watching the dog. <laughs> just, just remember the dog. But yeah, the dog from the artist. That's my pick. Uh, if if they retro like if they if they go back and add a category for best animal actor in a film, I want him to be given like the lifetime achievement award. You know what I mean? Yes. So let's Agreed. make that happen. Agreed. That's a great choice. I hadn't thought about him. Jean Dujardin. That was the name of the guy who played the the person whose name I can't remember. Yes, it was. And he won. He won the Oscar. He won Best Actor. Clooney should have won. Mm. I don't want to get into it, but George, <laughs> but George Clooney should have won that year, okay? Descendants? Yeah. Yeah. And holy smokes. Yeah. What a performance. So great. But let's, so great. I mean, whatever. All right. Is this my number four? Yep, number four. I'm going to go with uh, Happy from Seventh Heaven. Wow. <laughs> 
Seventh heaven. You know there's no. Do you do you remember? Um, do you remember the episode where Happy like goes missing? Oh. And is like living with that other family. There's always one of those, right? And yeah. And every TV, at least TV shows, because you have you have all these episodes to fill. You're like, well, the kid's gonna lose the dog. Yes, I remember. It traumatized me. Yeah. I was like, who are these people? Like, this is not your family. This is not your dog. Leave him alone. Clearly domesticated. Get yes. him back to his yeah, family. Yeah, come on. I do remember. Yeah, Happy was fantastic. Uh, start to finish. You know, everyone loved uh, everyone loved him. And yeah, I just thought he was great. Mm-hmm. He is. Um, no doubt about it. One, one of the giants in the industry in terms of dogs. That's right. Okay. Number three. This is getting kind of tough, man. It is. Um... I am going to go with, I am going to go with. Scan your list appropriately. Uh, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I'm going to go with Shia LaBeouf. No, <laughs> I'm going to go with Dante from Coco. Great choice. I love that dog. He's and my son, Marshall, loves this dog. And every time he's on the screen, he laughs out loud. <laughs> like, lit- like he <laughs> it's one of the only things that you could count on is like if you're watching coco and dante's on the screen it's like it might as well be like open mic night at the apollo man like my <laughs> marshall is digging it and he just goes dog dog and cracks up and for that reason i mean i have to love dante he's hilarious how can you not he has the most lovable silly face and he's so clumsy just yeah. running around and running into things his and- tongue's like hanging out of his mouth perpetually <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he's awesome as someone who knows a dog who has who whose tongue always hangs out of his mouth, and it's hard to do. Like the dog that I know that his tongue hangs out of his mouth, not a cute dog. Dante, adorable, adorable, absolutely Very adorable. adorable. Okay, number three. I'm gonna go with Airbud. Ooh, I'm gonna go with Buddy. You know what? What a dude. That's a great one. Also, a movie with uh, a, a big franchise. You know, there's like seven of those. There's so many Airbuds. Airbud. What? There's a football version. There's a soccer yeah. version. Uh, there's maybe a golf version. I don't know. Like any kind of ball that you can play with in sports. Like that's what. Well, yeah, and they're all puns. Like I think. Um, yeah. Um, golden receiver is yes. one of them, or something yes. like that. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're all sports puns. It's like. I don't know. That first one gets you, man. You have that stinking evil clown. Who Dude, runs why around. in the world? Yeah, why in the world? Kids movie? He's so evil. This clown is trying to steal a dog? Speaking of back to 90s movies, the idea of of villains in movies were absolutely horrifying. For, Terrifying. Like, I'm not going to let my son watch that when I watch that. No, no. offense to my parents. It's just different no. times. Yeah, different times for sure. We've learned. We've I learned. I mean, that was scary stuff. I mean, he's like smoking. He's... There's there's probably some curse words in that movie that that guy says. I think he slaps someone. I don't know. Well, and clowns are just scary. Yes. Like period. And he's like a demented looking clown. He's, yeah. He's not like well well put together, and he's got this rickety old van. Like no. Dude, I gotta tell you, I mean, uh, the first Airbud was in my rotation for a while of mm-hmm. movies that I watched a lot, and that clown never ceased to disturb me. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, still still uh, shook from this day from that clown. <laughs> Airbud. Okay, are we on number two? Probably. <laughs> oh no are we not on number two i don't know yeah no we are we are we are we're on number two i am gonna go with fly from babe okay. remember babe she was the she's the female border collie mm-hmm. and really sort of acts as like babe's mom and guardian angel in that movie and man she is just so cute and i grew up with the border collie um shout out jasper best dog ever yep and 
Fly, man, she's just like she's got that maternal warmness about her. Um, she's got Rex, who's her husband, who's like a rough and tumble guy. You mm. got to watch out for Rex. You can't <laughs> you can't trust him. But Fly, you know, with Fly around, you feel safe. Yes. And I just love her. I just love Fly. That's a great pick. Terrible name. Great dog. Terrible name indeed. Yeah. Why why couldn't they have picked something? <laughs> I else? know. It's bad. But yeah. it, it's it's clearly it really honestly is no no uh bad mark on her name though. I mean she's yeah. she's a great dog. Nature versus nurture right there. Truly like, a good a good fly. girl. <laughs> yeah. Good girl. Good girl fly. <laughs> so my number two. Ugh, this is so hard coming to the final two here, because there's gonna be people who have their favorites. And I'm yeah. stalling, but there's going to be people who have their favorites that they're going to say, what? You didn't pick so-and-so? I got to go with... This is a curveball. This one's a curveball. All right, I'm ready. Okay. I don't think many people saw this movie. Okay. It may have been a Disney Channel original movie. Uh-oh. I'm not quite positive. Uh, it starred Courtney Draper from the Jersey fame of another Disney Channel original series. Mm-hmm. In this film... There was a, a rich millionaire socialite man who is dying, and he and he does die, spoiler alert, and he gives all of his estate to his trusted best friend, which is a dog named Hubert. Okay. And he the movie is called The Duke. The Duke. Yes, yes, yes. Have you I've seen, seen this? this? Yeah, it's, sure. It's so fun. It's It's such a good kids movie. And I gotta say, Hubert is a, a phenomenal dog, and he he lives up to his his uh, his claim to fame, and 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 the, as being the heir to whatever the guy's name was. But and this is the mystery of this movie that I'm still trying to find to this day. I mean, I probably saw this movie in like 1996 or something, and there is a song in it. When, 1999. Okay, that's okay. Fact yeah. Check. Dang it. Anyways, when there's a song when the when the guy dies. And it you can't buy it anywhere, and it's beautiful. And maybe I picked some of my dogs because of they have great songs and good them. songs associated with them. Yeah. yeah, I mean that makes sense. I just uh, I just want to find it. I want to be able to play it on repeat. It's a sad song, so like when I'm feeling sad, I want to play this song. Yeah, to cheer me up, to let the tears flow, and then let the endorphins happen, and I want to move on after that. It's it's beautiful. The Duke. yeah. What's interesting? I'm looking at the cover of this movie right now, which mm-hmm. there's a lot going on. <laughs> yes, um, yes, there there's, is. I know. It there's well. a lot. I mean, I I remember it, but it's all coming back to me. At the very top, it says Airbud Entertainment presents. <laughs> so apparently, at some point in time. Airbud Entertainment was like a thing, and they were cranking out movies, and this was one of them. So shout out to Airbud once again. So you basically had Airbud twice now, <laughs> and the Airbud universe now. Yeah, <laughs> the Airbud universe of films. The Duke is like one of the spinoff characters in the Airbud universe. Yes, and the multiverse. Out. The <laughs> the Airbud multiverse. Yes, I love it. And if anyone out there knows the song I'm talking about, I'm going to sing you a little ditty of it real quick, just real brief, because it's mm. so beautiful. Give it to and us. And then I want you, if you have found this, I have not found it. I have searched through every forum known to man, and I cannot find a way to purchase this song. But let me know if you can find it. It goes, don't see any rainbows. All I hear are raindrops falling. Mm. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to lose you now. Wow, it's so pretty. It hurts, hurts so good. And it's it's actually raining. They're at the oh. they're at the cemetery. Yep. I, and the dog is there. Courtney Draper is there. 
It's beautiful. The Duke. What a powerful film. And what a powerful it. song. I'm going to watch it tonight. All right. Well, that's a great pick. Uh, did not see that one coming. Sorry. But, no, that's good. It's <laughs> good. I'm going to go number one. Number one. Got to go with old, old Yeller. Okay. Old Yeller, man. Talk about a tragic story. I mean, Shakespeare could have written this thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to defend Old Yeller for a little bit. Mm-hmm. A rabid wolf tries to attack his family okay his people what does he do he fights it to the death the wolf gets a chunk out of him and what does old yeller get a shotgun shell i mean i hate to be graphic but it's it's true and it's it's hurtful (laughs) and i watched it and i cried and i cried as a child i just so sad yeah that this dog had to go i mean what in the world i know that it was like back in the day and so rabies shots were not a thing but like, man, what a tough break for Old Yeller. There were so many iterations. There have been so many iterations of Old Yeller. Um, of course, the 1957 is probably the one, the OG yeah. that you're talking about. Correct. There was also one in 1998 with Bill Cosby and Felicia Rashad. Okay. And then there I'm was sorry, also <laughs> there was also one in 2000 with Ted Danson. Like, Oh, come on. I just wonder what happens in those ones, if it's the exact same thing or not. I got to know. I don't know. All I know is that when you know every dog that is on the internet everybody's like that's a good boy that's a good girl old yeller was a good boy he was he you know he i mean he put it all out there and if if i'm ever in a situation where i've got a rabid wolf endangering the safety of my family i i mean i should be so lucky to have old yeller around yeah he put it all on the line put it put the team on his back I mean, he's he's a hero in just its a true form, just sacrifice. Yeah. So, old Yeller, shout out, R.I.P. Love you. It's a great number one. It's a great number one. My number one, Wishbone. Oh, what's the story, Wishbone? Man, what a program! Come home from school, throw on Channel Nine. You didn't even know you were learning when you watched Wishbone. I know, but you were. But you absolutely were. You're like, oh, this is loosely based on an Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> Poe. <laughs> Until you accidentally found out that you were learning when you're, you're like, oh, that's my homework for tonight, having to read about Joan of Arc. And you see the Joan of Arc episode, you're like, ah, they tricked me. <laughs> Dang it, Wishbone. You're so cute. <laughs> How could you betray me? So great. Such a good dog. I mean, I loved the, the different things that were happening in real life and Wishbone's owner. I don't can't remember the guys. Maybe his name's Ryan or something. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. And then they and then what they how they weaved in the classic story that would yeah. help his owner kind of w- deal with what was going on in his life. So. Yeah. His commentary was always on point. He was so witty and yeah. sarcastic. Oh yeah, and dog puns galore. Yes. Dog puns galore. It was like pun city. Incredible dog, adorable costumes. Yeah. Adorable dog costumes. The hunch dog of Notre Dame. You yes. know, <laughs> like stuff like that. Just really good. Oh, wishbone, my number one. Man, that was a good one. That was a good one. But I know that we missed some dogs. So yes. I'm going to go through the ones that I had on my honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. I got Brandy from uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a recent one, but all time great dog. We'll go in the dog movie Hall of Fame. Yes. Um, Goofy. Can't forget Goofy's a dog. Goofy. And his son, Max. I mean, yeah. Let's so, throw Max in there, Yeah, too. Max. Both dogs. I mean, Max kind of sucks. I mean... Can we be honest about that? Like, the, I, I get, were, like, he, he should be mad at his dad for, like, how that all went down. But he was mean to his dad before all that. He was. He, but, but you have to forgive him in some light because he was an angsty teen. 
Yeah, I we, don't know, man. Without Max, we would not have a Goofy movie. So that's fair. It's all fair, but I mean, it, I mean, it ends well. So I'll give Max a pass <laughs> for now. Okay, like it ends okay, but he needs to watch that attitude. Because <laughs> I, I mean, that's true. Yeah, he needs to watch it. Um, Pluto, which Pluto is a dog in the same universe as Goofy. There's some sort of weird, like, socioeconomic dog caste system going on where, like, yeah. some dogs are, like, have, they're, like, enlightened and they can talk and do other things. And the other dogs are, like, Mickey Mouse's dog. Right. Like, his pet. That's not fair. Like, Pluto's awesome and adorable and amazing. Mm-hmm. But, like, you're the pet of a mouse, dude. Right. That's a tough look. <laughs> That's, like, a really tough look. Yeah. Um, Rex from Isle of Dogs. This was Edward Norton's character. Mostly because he delivers this line that's like absolutely hilarious when Leave Schreiber's dog won't sit down whenever the kid tells him. He's like, sit, you're disobedient, sit. <laughs> you know, he's like freaking out because that's like the dog, like rule of order. Just really great. Love it. Um, Lockjaw from the Inhumans because he has telepathy abilities. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. But Cujo. Stephen oh, Cujo? Cujo. Yeah. What about um, the dog from the Sand- Sandlot, the Beast? Oh, the Beast. Yeah. Frankenweenie. Frank and Weenie, of course. Eddie from Frasier. Had to throw that one in there or my wife would literally murder me. Um, <laughs> which, actually, a great all-time dog. Uh, it kind of just, like, sits around and stares at Frasier. And it's, like, a yep. it's like the recurring bit. And it's pretty funny. Yep. Dodger from Oliver and Company. Yes. Yes. And that was played by Billy Joel. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> which, like, weird. Um, and then, finally, a real, a real OG, uh, Nana from Peter Pan. Poor Nana. Oh, she's just so cute. Mm-hmm. And how she's, like, actually their nanny. Yes. <laughs> like, wears a nanny outfit and, like, brings them drinks and stuff. Like, it's hardcore. That is a well-trained dog. She's, like, giving them medicine and stuff. <laughs> it's wild. It's it's impressive. Of course, we, we didn't say Lassie. Yeah. Saving Timmy from the well. That's a little bit too cliche. I, I never had, like, a, a, a strong connection to Lassie. I watched it. I watched those the old, the old TV show, but... You know, whatevs. I, I watched the remake TV that was in, like, the 90s, of course. Yeah. All, everything comes back to the 90s because it was such a golden, wonderful It age. really was. Um, we've got Chance from Homeward Bound. Yeah, Chance Shadow. Shout out Michael J. Fox's Chance. Shout mm-hmm. out whoever played Shadow. Don't know. He had a beautiful voice. Mm-hmm. It was so deep and rich. Like What an emotional movie. Oof. It really is. That first one? They're, Yikes. They're going through a lot. Like, oh, sorry, kids. You have to leave your dogs here for, like, three weeks. We'll be back. Yeah. It might be shorter, but still. Yeah, it's probably shorter. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like a long time. I don't it does. Know. As a kid, one day I away mean, from they your call dog. it the incredible journey. It feels like a, a lifetime. <laughs> right. Oh, and Sally Field plays the cat in that. And oh, yeah. So great. Um, who else do I have here? I think that. Oh, and Pongo from 101 Dalmatians. Oh, Ponga and Perdita. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're great. Good parents. Really solid. They, you know, the when, when it gets real, and it gets real. Oh, yeah, it does. They. They get after it, and I mean, they know what they have to do. They're going to kill all those dogs to shave their fur and make, uh, what is it, fashion, make make clothes yeah. out of it. So Cruella can just be a total psycho. Right. So I'm, I'm not ready for that. Shout out Emma Stone, who's going to be coming in a Cruella DeVille movie. Yeah. That's a rough concept. I don't know. Like a young Cruella DeVille. She's dark. We're going to see what led her down her path to yeah, this Her path to madness. <laughs> what? Who who hurt you, <laughs> Cruella? She got bit by a Dalmatian. That's going to be her origin story. <laughs> yes. It's like the penguin from Batman. Yes. <laughs> um, 
All right. Well, if we missed any dogs, hit us up. I find it hard to believe that we did. That was a pretty comprehensive list, but yes. I'm sure there's been a lot of movies with dogs, a lot of TV shows with dogs. And if they're, if anybody's like busting out Disney Channel original movies, we stand no chance. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. Like there's for sure dogs that were missing. I mean, okay. There's like, okay. Last like run of things. Like I didn't see this, but Benji. I never saw that movie, but mm. that's a pretty big movie about dogs. Yeah, there's, there's multiple movies where Kevin Costner plays a dog. That's right. Which, let that sink in for a second. I'll say it again. There are multiple movies where Kevin Costner plays a dog. Yes. Yeah. Come on now. You got Marley and Me, which, not a fan, but so many, so many people love it. Um, oh, Gut Wrencher. Turner and Hooch, Marmaduke, Secret Life of Pets. You can just pick so many more. Yeah, Cat Dog. What a wonderful choice. Which that one's tough because it's really only half of a dog. Mm, and the other half is a cat. I think I think that he is both 100% dog and 100% mm. cat in its in its genetics because you have to have it to be able to survive and live as long as they did. Right. And if it was half cat, half dog, you'd have to either call it a cog or a dad. So that's just that's just a rule. That's just a, a rule of life. Thank you for that. Okay. Um, that's where we end. Yeah. And on that and on that note. Um, that's a wrap on this episode of popcorn for breakfast. Thank you for, uh, spending your, your day with us. I don't know what we're doing next episode. I'll just be fully honest with you, but I, I know that it will be a lot of fun. So feel free to tune in. Please, please, uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. And if you have, tell your friends, yeah, tell your friends, share our posts, like whatever you can do to help us out. We would really appreciate it. And, um, until then, I want to give a special thanks to Ryan Spriggs, who helps us produce this podcast. And, of course, Ryan Spriggs and Brandon Aristed for our theme music. We will play it out, and we will see you next week. Talk to you then. So there, there's a guy in this movie named Yellow Wolf. What? Yep. Yellow Yellow Wolf, spelled Y E L A W O L F. I like, do, I don't think that's his Christian name though. So who do you play? He play he played Rat Boy. <laughs> okay.
This was the guy who was all tatted up and was carrying that pistol around and was like, oh yeah, trying to shoot everybody, you know? Yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, he's been in other movies as an actor, apparently. No. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Just, just uh, music videos. Most of them with uh, Eminem. <laughs> oh, of course. So wonder, wonder what Marshall Marshall Mathers thinks of that. If this was a good movie, if he liked this movie. Oh, he for sure liked it. Mm. Gonna have to ask him. Yeah, I like how you just went with that. That was cool. Thanks. 